Welcome in to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Warkel, the Wisconsin football and men's basketball beat writer for Rivals.com. Spring football has begun for the University of Wisconsin. The start of 15 practices over a five-week span to begin preparations for the 2021 season opener against Penn State in Camp Randall Stadium in early September. On this episode of the podcast, we'll play some sound bites from head coach Paul Chris and an interview with defensive coordinator Jim Leonard, who drew headlines over the offseason with his decision to turn down the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator job in order to stay with the Badgers. Leonard went into great detail about that uh, decision and his defense, which returns eight stars from a unit that finished top five nationally last season in total defense. Now, the Badgers were picked to win the West Division last season, but a season shortened by COVID and the program losing two games because of a COVID outbreak really short-circuited momentum. As a result, the Badgers finished conference play just 3-3, beating Illinois, Michigan, and Minnesota, but three consecutive losses to the three best teams on their schedule in Northwestern, Indiana, and Iowa prevented the Badgers from making any real noise during the 2020 season. Wisconsin did win their bowl game, and on a positive note, 42-28 over Wake Forest in the Dukes Mayo Bowl in Charlotte, North Carolina. But it's clear, as you'll hear from Jim Laird in just a little bit, that there's talent in this program to deliver a bounce-back season. Now, UW saw a couple starters on each side of the ball leave. Offensive tackles John Dietzen and Cole Van Lannan, fullback Mason Stocky, defensive ends Isaiah Laudermilk and Garrett Rand, and safety Eric Burrell, the most noticeable absences on the 2021 spring roster from the 2020 team. But the Badgers are fortunate that players like linebackers Jack Sanborn and Noah Burke, safety Colin Wilder, cornerbacks Fayon Hicks and Caesar Williams, receivers Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor, and tight end Jake Ferguson all decided to return for a bonus senior season that the NCAA granted all seniors a blanket waiver of eligibility to come back or delay their professional careers by at least one more year to make another run at the Big Ten. It'll be an important spring for all involved, as head coach Paul Chris said. 44 players will be participating in their first spring practices. Remember, spring practices were canceled last season as the COVID outbreak first started rippling across the country. And spring is going to be big for this Wisconsin coaching staff, too. The Badgers will have four assistant coaches going through their first spring practices, including three new ones. Receivers coach Alvis Witted was hired last spring, but had to meet his players over Zoom and work with them over Zoom during the pandemic, unable to get on the field with them to teach them his different route concepts. So this will be big for him to get some one-on-one time with this group. And Ross Kalaji moves from the strength and conditioning room to the defensive line coaching position after Anoki Brechtefield left to take the same job at Vanderbilt. And Brechtefield wasn't the only coach that Wisconsin lost to an SEC school as John Settle resigned as UW's running back coach earlier in March to become the running back and co-special teams coach at Kentucky. Now, while that decision came suddenly, uh, the Badgers were able to find an impressive replacement in Gary Brown, a 10-year NFL veteran who has a track record of developing NFL rookies quickly. Here's what Chris had to say about the process of making that hire. Really excited to, uh, you know, to have the opportunity to work with, with Gary. You know, obviously the fact that he was available, you know, certainly uh, we, we feel fortunate. And it, it seemed like uh, a lot of the movement in coaching seemed like there was a lot that was later than it, it typically was. And I, and I don't quite know the reason why, but uh, but really we're 
grateful that you know Gary was available and and it was uh, yeah the process was pretty cool you know first uh, Travis Frederick reached out to me and and really it was uh, pretty quickly uh, realized that he'd be a great fit was interested and and so uh, I'm excited for our players I'm excited for our players to to be with Gary and and certainly uh, you know I know that anytime you know you get someone come in and you know, offers a different perspective. Uh, you know, personally, I, I love that influx of, of new ideas. The third new coach on Chris' staff is Hank Poteet, who he hired from Toledo to coach the cornerbacks. Now, that hiring came because quarterback coach John Budmeyer left to become the offensive coordinator at Colorado State. And instead of replacing Budmeyer, Chris wanted to take some burden off Leonard's plate, considering Leonard has spent the past four seasons not just coordinating the defense, but also being the position coach, the safeties, and the cornerbacks. Now, without a quarterback coach on the roster, Chris will take on that role, working with Graham Mertz, Chase Wolf, and the rest of the room, a role that he did previously when he was the offensive coordinator at Wisconsin. Furthermore, Chris is going to resume playing, calling plays this upcoming season after offensive coordinator slash offensive line coach Joe Rudolph held that role last year. The move alleviates some of the burden on Rudolph from a game day operation standpoint, but will again make Chris a busy man on Saturdays. He was asked about balancing all of his roles, and here was his response. You just do it, right? And, uh, you know, none of them are not foreign to any of them. I think that helps. Like everything, you you also don't feel like you have to do anything necessarily on your own. You know, I'm confident. And, and I feel like what's best, it all started with what I thought was best for the program and for all of our players. And, you know, I think the ability to, to add Hank Poteet to the staff, which, you know, for that to really work meant, uh, you know, to for me to do the quarterbacks and, and have had experience with that and had experience being a play caller and, now I've had experience, you know, being a head coach, uh, feel confident, can do it, do all those and, and, and not compromise in any way. Now, a lot of eyes on the quarterback position in 2021 for Wisconsin will be on Graham Mertz's development and how he can use a full offseason at his disposal to grow in the position. Remember, Jack Cohn is not with the program anymore. He has transferred to Notre Dame. So Mertz has the most experience on the roster, and partly because of his youth, the COVID pauses and dealing with his recovery from the virus last year, Mertz struggled to consistently make the offense function at a high level after that impressive start against Illinois. Wisconsin was just 108th in the country in average passing yards, 181 per game, 87th in passing efficiency, and 81st and third down percentage. But again, that Illinois game with five touchdowns, no interceptions, and just one incompletion shows of the high level Mertz can play out. Also, Mertz played uh, with a shoulder injury they suffered uh, against Michigan at points during the last season. So plenty of room for growth for Graham Mertz. And the good news for Mertz is that he'll have some veteran weapons to throw to this year. But the question will be, is how healthy will Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor, how healthy will they be? Both seniors battled injuries for most of last season and contributed very little in the final five games of the season. As a result, with UW having to rely on young receivers like Chimere DK and other players in an expanded role for the first time, like Jack Dunn, 
the offense struggled to move the ball and, and score points against good competition. They really failed to scare a lot of good competitions who just decided to load the box and get away with covering these receivers one-on-one. Now, if Pryor and Davis are healthy and able to practice, it's going to be a huge boost to this offense. It's going to help improve depth at the wide receiver spot and give more options to an offense other than just throwing the ball consistently to tight end Jake Ferguson. Now, of course, a good passing game will be boosted by a veteran offensive line and a solid running game, and on paper, the Badgers must feel good about the men in the trenches considering UW returned stars at left and right guard, center, and right tackle. Now, the opening at left tackle could be the opportunity for touted tackle Logan Brown, who started the bowl game, to take over that role for the first time. One of the most highly uh, touted uh, offensive line prospects Wisconsin has signed pretty much since maybe Josh Oglesby was a a five-star prospect coming to Wisconsin well over a decade ago. And Brown's just not the only really talented four-star-plus player on this offensive line. Young talents like Riley Malman, who will be going through his first spring camp, uh, camp. Jack Nelson and Trey Wittig, who were on the roster in the fall, uh, Nelson was actually the backup right tackle last season. All those guys are going to get a lot of work, and we'll be interested to see where their development is between now and the end of April. You know, the other thing, too, is who's going to be running behind this line? You know, Fullback Mason Stocky and tailback Garrett Groshek are gone, leaving John Chanel to take the lead blocking role and Jalen Berger to potentially be the starting tailback. There's only three tailbacks listed on this spring camp roster, Berger, Julius Davis, who had one carry last season, and Isaac Garendo, who missed most of the last season with a hamstring injury. That should lead to a lot of opportunities under Gary Brown for carries and a possible boost in big play potential. Of the 196 carries taken by UW tailbacks last year, only three went over 20 yards. None went over 40. Now, Wisconsin has a lot of work to do offensively, and we'll dive into these positions more over the course of the next several weeks as we in the media get uh, to watch practice and get to chat with some of the offensive position players over Zoom. The the Badgers are going to have a lot of talent defensively, and that's where the strength is going to be of this team for the second straight year. Just think about it. In the back eight, the Badgers return star inside linebackers Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel, the top two tacklers on the defense last season. Starring outside linebackers Noah Burks and Nick Herbig. Herbig was phenomenal as the season went on last year as just a true freshman. And as well, there's decent backups at both the inside and the outside linebacker spots. I mentioned Fan Hicks and Cesar Williams returning. There's also corners uh, Samar Melvin, Dante Burton, and Duran Harrell who will be jockeying for opportunities behind them at both the corner spot and the nickel spot. Tyus Toller, you can throw him in at, at the nickel spot as well. And while Eric Burrell is moving on to the NFL and Reggie Pearson is in the transfer portal, the Badgers retain two starters in Scott Nelson and Colin Wilder and two walk-ons in John Torchio and Tyler Mays who have game experience. And really the only position of question is the defensive line. While Keanu Benton and Bryson Williams return at nose tackle, the Badgers need to find two stout defensive ends. Matt Hansen can be penciled in at one position. He's healthy now after missing a good portion of last season with a with a hand injury. And considering his previous starting experience, it'd be a pretty fair bet to say he will be one of those stars. But the other position is firmly up for grabs between Isaiah Mullins, Cade McDowell, and Geo Paz. Now, earlier this week, Jim Lehrer talked at length about his defense and gave a little bit of insight in some of the things that were kind of going through his mind as the Green Bay Packers came calling with a job opportunity 
earlier this offseason. Here are some highlights from our conversation with defensive coordinator Jim Leonard. Obviously, your outside linebackers last year, you, you saw some things from Nick Herbig. Um, you know what you can get with Noah Burks. I'm just curious, what's the next step for both of those two guys this year? And also, some of the young guys who maybe got a taste last year, what do they need to do to make that unit more productive overall? I think, obviously, uh, what you want to see out of that group is is production, right? It's always been a very, very high production uh, position in this defense. And um, obviously, we, 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 didn't, we weren't going into last year going, you have to replace Zach Bond, anybody, right? That was really impressive what, what he's done. And even you go back the years of, of the names that have went through that room. So um, we knew who we had, and I think those guys played well. And there's a lot of things that um, – Looking at the tape, they know they can improve on, and, and we're going to ask more out of them, and uh, we're going to continue to develop the, the rest of the guys behind them to to push and, and earn reps and find ways to be disruptive for our defense. Jim, I think some people assume that if you were going to leave Madison, it would be for something like the Packers D coordinator job. Why stay in Madison, and, and what do you want for your long-term future in coaching at this point? Uh, well, uh, First off, I think there's a nice little saying about assumptions um, that people always forget. And I think a lot of people have ideas of, of what my career is going to be and, and what they want it to be. And, you know, the beauty of it being my career is that nobody really needs to know or, or care. Um, I've said it a lot of times. I love Madison. You know, to me, there's some unfinished business with the, the University of Wisconsin, you know. I love this group of kids and want to continue to develop them. And, you know, with COVID being the way it was last year, I'd, I'd have felt uh, a specific way about myself having having left after that season. Um, but I, uh, I'm i excited about being, being in Madison, and I think we got a great opportunity this coming season. Just in that regard, was the decision to step, was it tough? You've been talked about as a candidate for places uh, in previous years. Was the decision tougher this any tougher this past off season than it had been maybe in previous off seasons because of what the opportunity was yeah obviously it's it's a, a huge opportunity very humbled to be in the conversation um for that position you know it's a organization obviously being from the state know a lot about and have a tremendous amount of respect for the way that organization operates and you know, they're right on the fringe of a Super Bowl, and they have been for a while now. So definitely a, a difficult decision to have to make. Jim, which young players do you expect are ready to step into some bigger roles this season? I know it's early in camp, but just from how you're projecting um, at all three levels, really, the, the D-line, um, the, the linebacker spots behind some of those veterans inside and out and also in the secondary. I think first off, starting with the D-line, um, you know, you really have Keanu Benton, and we lost um, Henningsen for the majority of the season last year. So um, behind that, there, there really hasn't been a, a, a lot of reps. You know, Bryson Williams has played at, at times and, and played well for us, and, you know, Isaiah Mullins has, has played some for us. But outside of that, there, there really is not a lot of experience. So spring's going to be huge. You know, I think Coach Chris hit with our – our team the other day, there's like 44% of our team has never went through spring ball, <laughs> you know? So from a development and an experience standpoint, this spring is going to be huge to see kind of who starts to separate um, with injuries and different things uh, throughout last year. The number of these guys 
kind of got bumped into that too deep where they were preparing to play. They just didn't end up getting a lot of game reps because there weren't very many last season. So um, I think that whole group, um, there's a lot to be learned. You know, obviously with Coach K coming in and, and having the change at the, the position level there, um, I'm just going to continue to push and see what we can get guys comfortable with and whether it's technique and scheme um, and come out of the spring, I think with a much better picture of who that group is, um, what the depth is going to be and, and what we can ask them to do. Outside backer, right? You, you, you talked about Noah. We, we know the consistency that he's played with and, and Nick Herbig kind of took a, a tremendous amount of reps uh, for us last season for a true freshman. Um, we know how we want them to progress going through. Um, some other names, uh, you look at Spencer Lytle, um, what, what, where he's at with his progression, it's, it's really time this spring for him to, to push uh, for more opportunities. Um, CJ Getz had a, a decent amount of snaps for us last year. Um, Aaron Witt came on as the season progressed. Uh, another true freshman that you, you see work in the right direction. I, I think right now that group, um, and there's going to be a number of, of young guys, TJ Bowler's here this spring, um, that are, it's, it, they're just going to benefit from really their first opportunity in the spring uh, to get on the field. And, you know, we, we like certain aspects of the skill set of that group of, of what we have. Isaiah Green May, uh, another name. I don't have a roster in front of me, so just uh, bouncing through names as they come through my head. Obviously, he's he's played a uh, uh, decent amount of snaps for us in the past before before the injury, a uh, couple injuries. So we like the depth we have. We like the, the very um, variation in the skill set and uh, the issues that that group can provide. It's, it's going to just continue to push them to be that impactful uh, playmaker week in and week out. Inside backer, we obviously know about, about Sanborn and Leo, and, and they were kind of the, the workhorses last year and, and took the majority of the reps. And behind them, a number of guys that you're excited to develop and push and, and see how, how it plays out this spring. You know, with, with Jordan Turner, um, Muma, uh, Malik Reed, uh, Jake Cheney, Tatum Grass, uh, Mike Mascalunas obviously is around. There's most of that group kind of fits in the same category of going, all right, who's, who's going to separate and um, who's going to really take leadership and ownership of, of the position. And um, we liked some of the things that we've seen. And so we, we haven't had to, to get past Leo and Jack very often because of, of the way they've been able to play. And we know, uh, we know we want to continue to develop that group and, and we have a lot of talent in those rooms and we, we really want to uh, see how the spring plays out for them. On the back end, there's there's not many uh, new faces. Obviously, we have a ton of um, depth and returning experience in that group and just asking them to continue to, to develop as playmakers. You know, we've played great defense. Um, you know, we haven't, we, we wouldn't be able to do what we do on third down if they're not playing well. Right. So now it's it's continuing to push them to find opportunities and make plays on the football, create turnovers. And I'm not afraid to play guys. And, and we have a lot of depth. There's a number of players that were ready to play. We saw it in the Wake Forest game. I think there was eight corners that played in that game and they all played well. Right. Not to say that we didn't give up yards, um, but we we played well. They had opportunities down the field. And um, I'm really excited for for the corner group. Uh, to just come out here and continue to battle, you know, bringing in Coach Poteet. It's just more and more attention uh, given to a position that is very technical, right? So that group, I'm, I'm excited for their growth coming up this spring and even seeing this winter 
just with having more attention being able to be given to them, um, not having to split time with the corners and safeties as much uh, as far as coaching points and techniques and all that type of stuff. So um, that group, I think, is going to benefit tremendously from from having Coach Poteet and, and love what he's brought to the table so far. Um, the safety group, you know, we, you got Colin and, and Scott who've played a lot of reps for us. Uh, I thought Scott had a really, really good year. Um, was was very pleased with what he was able to do last year and we lose uh, Eric Burrell who who's been a consistent playmaker for us over the years and a number of guys behind them that I think can compete um, to to earn more reps and, and get in the rotation uh, with Trey Blaylock, Titus Toller, um, John Torchio, Tyler Mays they've all played you know a couple of them more two years ago than last year but those guys have played and uh, making the, the transition with Preston Zachman to the safety group as well. So I think we have great depth in that group. Um, once again, there's six guys who've already been on the field, uh, which is, is, is going to be a lot of fun this spring to mix and match. And my big thing going in the spring with all position groups is to get them out of their comfort zone, right? Whether that's scheme, whether that's technique, um, awareness, pre-snap, post-snap, communication. If we let guys be comfortable, um, we're not doing our job in the spring. So we, we're continuing to push them. Um, not that we're always doing new things, but um, asking them to become more consistent and, and more dynamic in, in their job. Hey Jim, when it comes to on, on the defensive line again with like Bryson Williams, who you know, we saw on the spring roster, he dropped down. It looks like his weight's at 280 now compared to, I think he was listed at 296 last year. You know, what have you seen from him and his progression back from that, that you know injury you know a couple years back? And, and do you feel like him and Keanu have – some position flexibility within within that line. Yeah, we're we're always trying to push, you know, those guys that you would say traditionally are our nose tackles, right? And and push to to grow. I think we played almost seventy percent nickel last year, where there's two D linemen, where we're not sitting in that in that three four structure. So it's always trying to find the best things for for that group, and you know, guys develop and they grow, and their body changes as they get through college. Um, Bryson has been that guy you're seeing his body change very powerful very strong kid and i think he's settling into to what his his body wants to be and it's finding the the best roles to to take advantage of the skill set and and that's our job as coaches uh their job as players to to find where they fit in and um, i'm excited about him you know i i think keanu obviously was a a, a difference maker for us the last couple of years and and bryson was trying to to find where he fit a little bit, uh, losing some of those reps. And I think he's doing a, a great job of that right now and finding out where, what his niche is with the defense. And the rest of that group, it, it's the same. You know, we're trying to expand uh, the roles that they have, uh, put them in best position to win, rather than just saying, this is your job and we're gonna play around you, um, which I, I think we do that very well at all of our positions. And that's a big focus right now. Jim, you mentioned uh, Hank having a little more time to be more detailed with the corners. Have you found areas that you've been able to get into more detail with your safeties now that uh, that, that group's been split up? Yeah, a lot of different areas. Um, it's such a different position from a communication and awareness. Um, you know, safeties are generally leading the communication with multiple levels of the defense, right? It might be a D lineman, might be an outside backer, inside backer. There's a lot of nuance right? You're talking disguise and what you're presenting a quarterback and a lot of different coaching points that don't always apply to the corners. In some cases they do, in some cases they don't. Um, 
And then you have to snap into all the technical work, right? Whereas corner, so much of it is is technique, technique, you know, alignment, assignment, football. There's aspects where it's great to have them all in the room and hear how it all ties in together, whether it's the front, the coverage, the pressures. Um, and then there's times where, you know, there's there's better ways to get it done. So um, I think both groups are going to benefit with, with the attention, right, the focus, um, having another set of eyes on the pass game and receivers, you know, from day one, right, you talk about Sunday as far as breaking down a team, um, just more more resources that way. Um, I think in, in every way it's going to help this DB group um, with the structure that we have, and and so far it's it's been great. Um, Coach Poteet's been able to kind of come in and, and really just hammer the technique and I'll own the scheme and the installs and different things like that. And as it progresses, we can we can split that group more and, and figure out what's best for them. But I, I love uh, the addition that we've made, and I think he's a great coach, and he's really connecting with these players. Jim, you mentioned Toller and Blaylock. I'm curious, is there a position you like them at more, a safety position you like them more than the other? And what do you like about their skill set and what they add to the group? Um, both of them, I, I would say from a physical standpoint, very impressive, um, can move, right. Explosive, uh, twitchy guys. Obviously we, we brought Trey in as initially as a corner, we, we thought had position flexibility. So from a movement and, and speed standpoint, we, we know what he can do. Um, Titus has worked that nickel for us as well. So we feel like he has some, some coverage, some corner ability. Um, to me, it's, it's flexibility. I love having flexibility. Right. You, you look a couple years ago with like a Natrell Jamerson, who really was more a corner by trade with, you know, kind of freakish physical traits, you know, too good to not have a huge role. And these guys are I'm not going to say they're, they're jam at this point, but from a physical standpoint, they can do things a little bit differently than, than some guys that are just true safeties. So I'm excited to battle them. Their big thing is, is reps and experience and, and just getting on the field. So spring is going to be huge. Um, both of them progressed uh, as the season went on last year. Um, so I'm excited to to see them challenge, right? And once again, having guys behind them that have also played, oh, I didn't even say behind them, there's no depth right now, but having uh, John Torchio and Tyler Mays who've played on defense, right? Go put Michigan on two weeks ago or two years ago and, and you see them all over the tape. So um, they've played in big moments and, and they've played well. So I'm, I'm excited for the competition, right? We, we know what Scott and Colin have done on Saturdays and the rest of that group has has limited experience on, on the field, but have played well. And now it's seeing who can take all this coaching this spring and continue to develop into uh, to playmakers. After Rashad went down last year, uh, Fayon played a ton in the slot in the nickel. Um, is he still your guy there? And are there some other guys that maybe you're looking at to potentially uh, play more inside this year? Yeah, I think he's the guy to beat out. Um, he did a tremendous job. I don't think he got near enough credit as that season went on, what he was able to do in the slot for us. Um, the plan last year was to, to, to get him in there a lot more. He ended up getting hurt in, in fall camp. Um, so he uh, he didn't necessarily get a ton of experience, but as, as he worked back into the fold with Rashad being healthy, you know, the, the plan all year was to, to move him all over the place, you know, matchup wise, where we, where we wanted him, whether it was inside or outside. Well, with that, 
other guys are going to have to move. And Fayon was going to be the guy that was going to play inside, play outside, depending on, on the matchups we liked. And once Rashad went down and, and he really got comfortable in that nickel role, it suits his skill set really well. Um, and the type of receivers that were covering in there did a great job. Um, we have a number of guys that I think can can push for that position as well to hopefully provide that flexibility again. You know, Alex Smith has played uh, nickel before. Dean Ingram's worked a lot in the slot, and, and I already mentioned Titus Toller. So right now I would say there's kind of four guys that are going to be splitting those reps among others that hopefully will emerge this spring to, once again, help provide flexibility within this defense. Right? Do we want it to be more of a safety body or a nickel or a corner body? Um, kind of what different things can we get into uh, based on who's on the field for us? Jim, you mentioned loving the players and loving the group that you have. What did it mean to you to see some of their reactions to you staying when you made that announcement a couple months ago? Um, I mean, I, I try to earn respect with that group, and, and hopefully they trust me and understand what I what I help them with, right? They, they all have goals of, of reaching the highest level here at Wisconsin and, and farther. So it's honored to, to feel that they, they think I'm the right guy to do that. Um, I'm excited about them. These are, these are kids we all recruited here, and um, because of who they are, the character they show on top of their football abilities. So um, anytime you earn their respect as a coach, you know you're doing something right, and, and having some confirmation uh, with their reactions to that you know, makes you feel good, and you know, now I have more work to do to, to help continue to push this group. Yeah, Jim, you mentioned the term unfinished business early on when you were asked about your decision to stay. Can you expand on that? Because it, it sounds like you must have a vision for what you think this program is still capable of, achieve, of achieving. I mean, I think all the coaches, you know, the, the players, the staff, we have the highest goals here, right? I, I came here wanting to win a national championship, right? I came here wanting to win the Big Ten and uh, as a player, right? Nothing's changed as a coach, right? We haven't done that since I've been back. So um, the goals haven't changed, right? I, I feel like we have a group that, that can accomplish that. You know, things have to go well. We have to play good football, much better football than we played last year. And uh, that's the challenge every day. Um, whether it's spring ball, you know, winter conditioning, or, or transitioning into the season much later this fall, um, that is the goal, right? There's, there's no ulterior motive. You know, these players, we, we ask them to push themselves individually um, and, you know, push the team, you know, become leaders and, and, and help develop on and off the field. So that's that's my job as a coach. And I feel like the the ceiling, we haven't reached the ceiling. We, st we still got a long ways to go, and, and I want a challenge to challenge to make that happen. That again, Wisconsin defensive coordinator Jim Laird. You have to love um, that, that last comment there about unfinished business, that he feels that this Wisconsin defense, which has been very good over his tenure, has the skill set to push this team to uncharted waters to a degree. I mean, Big Ten title isn't uncharted per se. It's been a long time. Wisconsin hasn't won a Big Ten title in football since the 2012 season. Even then, they won that title because Ohio State and Penn State were ineligible that season. But Wisconsin hasn't been to the college football playoff. They've knocked on the door once, yeah, maybe twice, but really once just a couple years ago when they were 12-0 and and lost to Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. They really haven't been able to threaten since. Can Wisconsin be good enough this year to get into that conversation 
there's certainly a big gap with the Badgers from the Alabamas and Clemsons and, dare I say, Ohio States of the world. Keep in mind, Wisconsin hasn't beaten Ohio State since 2010. But Wisconsin has been a really good program for the most part. You have to kind of throw last year out to a degree, or at least put a little asterisk by it, because of all the bizarreness of COVID and the lack of consistency with the pauses and and stars missing games because of the COVID protocol. But the Wisconsin Badger program, football program, has been very good and it has been consistently good. They just haven't been able to kind of break through that glass ceiling. And Jim Leonard believes they can do it. And that's part of the reason why Jim Leonard is still in Madison, Wisconsin, unwilling to leave this job until he can get the job done for the Badger program. And like I said earlier, I plan on going more in depth on all these uh, football positions over the course of the next several weeks and play some interviews we get to have with players to get us all ready for that 2021 season that as of now includes a full 12 games. If you want to read more about uh, different position previews for spring, log on to BadgerBlitz.com. I've broken down every position from quarterback to the special teams. You can read those on the site now. Wrapping up here on the Badger Blitz podcast, I spoke last week about the transfer portal and how the names on the men's basketball side of things have really just exploded over the course of the last month. And as of Thursday afternoon, 1,140 players, at least that many, have entered the portal, and a number that includes four Badgers players now. We talked last week about seniors Trevor Anderson, Walt McGorry, and Nate Reavers looking for a new home, but now reserve center Joe Hedstrom becomes the fourth UW player to put his name in the portal. He was a four-for-five player, meaning he was put on scholarship after walking on his first season. Hedstrom played a total of 30 minutes in 15 games over the course of two seasons, averaging just 1.9 minutes per appearance and 0.4 points and 0.3 rebounds per game. Now, even with the Badgers losing Micah Potter and Reavers entering next season, leaving Stephen Crowell as the team's only returning center currently on the roster, it was unlikely Hedstrom was going to see a huge increase in minutes. Keep in mind, in those 15 games he played, Hedstrom actually accumulated more fouls than points or rebounds. Seven fouls to six points. Now, Hedstrom's departure closes the book for one of the on one of the worst recruiting classes in the history of Wisconsin basketball, one that ranked near the bottom of the Big Ten and somehow fared worse than that, if that's even possible. The other two members of that 20. 18 class, Taylor Curry and Ty Strickland have, have already left the program. They've left the program ages ago. Uh, Curry transferred after redshirting in 2018-2019. He went to a community college in Michigan. He spent last season at Akron, and he is now one of those 1,140 players in the transfer portal. Ty Strickland appeared in 16 games as a freshman, 1.8 points and 3.1 minutes per appearance. He left after one season. Uh, didn't like the role he was perceived to be having moving forward. He went to Temple, sat out two seasons ago, and averaged just 2.3 points and 11.7 minutes in six games this past season. Now, surprisingly, this 2018 class could have been outstanding, but the Badgers were caught scrambling when Tyler Hero decommitted right before the early sign period after being verbally committed for 10 months. He eventually went to Kentucky, played one season, played a very good season, was a lottery pick by the Miami Heat and is one of the top young guards in the league. So he made a good decision for himself, as much as it pains UW fans to admit that. Now, UW won its other open scholarship at the time to go to Joey Hauser up at Stevens Point, but Hauser went to Marquette to play with his brother Sam, who Greg Gard wanted to offer in high school, 
but was not able to. They played one year together before leaving Marquette, and they appear to be headed to Madison. However, Sam ended up at Virginia, and Joey went to Michigan State. Now, with the decisions of Hero and Hauser coming late, the Badgers missed out on other options that could have filled this roster, some good plan B options, but unfortunately they sailed on three prospects who are projects and who turned out to be complete busts. Now the good news is the Badgers have an open scholarship they can use on a 2020 recruiting class that currently doesn't have any commits, and they also can use it in the transfer market where they have over 1,100 options to try to improve a roster that currently has a player and Tyler Wall, that is the oldest player on the roster. For all the latest on Wisconsin football, basketball, and recruiting, log on to BadgerBlitz.com. Follow me on Twitter at TheBadgerNation, and follow BadgerBlitz on Twitter at Badger underscore Blitz. Plenty of great stuff up on the website now. I mentioned the spring uh, previews, more stuff from Jim Leonard, more high school recruiting coverage. Live game coverage is happening right now on BadgerBlitz.com with high school football back in the state of Wisconsin. Pretty cool that we have high school football going on now with the weather finally starting to turn nice. Kind of gets you excited for the months to come when hopefully full full to partially full stadiums of fans get to come back and cheer on Big Ten football. Watching the opening day uh, today, nice to hear fans in the stands finally. We've missed that over the course of the last several months. Have a great weekend, everybody. Get outside and enjoy the weather. Hopefully the weather is nice where you are. It should be around 70 degrees here this weekend in Mass. And we'll talk to you next week. More Wisconsin Spring football coverage next week here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast.